Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of original edition by going to jcim.net. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or if you mouse on the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also, at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can subscribe to receive a daily excellent email from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the lesson for the day as well as the text reading that we share every morning, Monday through Friday. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 29, The Awakening, with Section 8, The Lingering Illusion. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 310, in Fearlessness and Love. I spend today in fearlessness and love I spend today and by way of opening this morning um, I was directed toward this poem from Teresa of Avila St. Teresa of Avila she, she and St. John of the Cross shared that same vision that Jesus described in the Gospel of John that living well of water that flows up from within and from that place she wrote this poem called Laughter Came From Every Brick. Just these two words he spoke changed my life. Enjoy me. What a burden I thought it was to carry a crucifix as did he. Love once said to me, I know a song, would you like to hear it? And laughter came from every brick in the street and from every pore in the sky. After a night of prayer, he changed my life when he sang, Enjoy me. In fearlessness and love I spent today. Amen. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, just, it was just right, huh? Uh, so glad. All right, my friends, here's our reading list today. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Jennifer, Robin Marie, and Karen. We're joined in listening this morning by Harrison. And um, let's see, has anyone else joined us? Uh, nope, not yet so far. Okay, we'll see who comes along after we get started this morning. <coughs> In chapter 29, The Awakening, section 8, The Lingering Illusion. I think it would be really good to um, step back this morning and uh, reread paragraphs 41 and 42 and bring them with us into this section. So I'd like to begin this morning at paragraph 41, and we'll commence from there. Is that okay? Paragraph yes, 41 goes, 
Alrighty, if everyone can find it, that's just great. Era 41, you were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and change that time might be preserved, except in one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone. And where it once held seeming sway is now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment nor its changelessness. There is no death because the living share the function of their... I'm sorry, there is no death because the living share the function their creator gave to them Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension, that it be as one forever and forever without end. Lemoy. You were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and changed that time might be preserved, excepting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending, when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone. And where it once held seeming sway is now restored to function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment, nor its changelessness. There is no death because the living share the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension that it be as one forever and forever without end. This world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think that it was made to crucify God's Son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stand for this to you. Let this be changed, and nothing in the world but must be changed as well. For nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's Son. How free from fear, how filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be forgot in such a world. It is a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 42. This world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think that it was made to crucify God's Son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stand for this to you. 
Let this be changed, and nothing in the world that must be changed as well. For nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's Son. How free from fear, how filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be forgotten such a world. It is a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Chapter 29, The Awakening, Section 8, The Lingering Illusion, Paragraph 43. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place, There is no other answer. You can substitute and find the happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself. For all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be you glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere you will fail. But it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. Thank you, Fran. And Jennifer. 43. Seek not outside... Oh, sorry, guys. Chapter 20. Do I have to go back there? Chapter 29, Awakening... Okay, 8, The Lingering Illusion, 43. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place. There is no other answer you can substitute and find the happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself. For all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be you glad that you were told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. You will fail, but it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. 44. No one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion, or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything 
as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. And thus he wanders aimlessly about in search of something that he cannot find, believing that he is what he is not. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, and Robin Marie. Forty-four. No one who comes here but must still have hope, some lingering illusion, or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. And thus he wanders aimlessly about in search of something that he cannot find believing that he is what he is not. 45. The lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more, and each will fail him, all excepting one, for he will die and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. Its form appears to be outside himself, Yet does he seek to kill God's Son within and prove that he is victor over him. This is the purpose every idol has. For this, the role that is assigned to it, and this, the role that cannot be fulfilled. Thank you, Robin Marie and Karen. The lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more. And each will fail him, all excepting one, for he will die and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. Its form appears to be outside himself, Yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he is victor over him. This is the purpose every idol has. For this, the role that is assigned to it. And this, the role that cannot be fulfilled. 46. Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death, for you believe that you can suffer lack, and lack is death. The sacrifice is to give up, and thus to be without, and to have suffered loss. And by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself 
The search implies that you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. Thank you, Karen. Do we have a new reader for 46 and 47? Good morning, Patricia here. Thank you, Patricia. 46. Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death. For you believe that you can suffer lack, and lack is death. To sacrifice is to give up, and thus to be without, and to have suffered loss. And by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies You are not whole within. And fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. 47. Idols must fall because they have no life. And what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die. And what would you expect but to perceive the signs of death you seek? No sadness and no suffering proclaims a message other than an idle sound that represents a parody of life, which in its lifelessness is really death. Conceived as real and given living form, yet each must fail and crumble and decay, because a form of death cannot be life, and what is sacrificed cannot be whole. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And is there another new reader for 47 and 48? 48. Yeah, 47 and 48, Judy. Sorry, I didn't know if I was on mute. 47, idols must... Excuse me? Idols must fall because they have no life. And what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die, and what would you expect but to perceive, to perceive the signs of death you seek? No sadness and no suffering proclaims the message 
other than an idol, found that represents the purity of life, which in its lifelessness is really death, conceived as real and given living form, given living form. Yet each must fail and crumble and decay because a form of death cannot be life and what is sacrificed cannot be whole. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. I'd like to read that again. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idol takes capital his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world. The past has given it, for otherwise the future will be like the past and but a series of depressing dramas, excuse me, depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one and you see death and disappointment everywhere. Powerful stuff. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, Judy. And is there another new reader for paragraph 48 and 49? This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. 48. <clears throat> All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you. And to, meet, and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idols take his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it, for otherwise the future will be like the past and but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one, and you will see death and disappointment. 49. To to change all this and open up a road of hope and of release, in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair. You need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have, and thus do you decide what it is for. You try to see it, see in it a place of idols found outside yourself, with power to make complete what is within by splitting what you have between the two. You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. Your idols do what you would have them do and have the power you ascribe to them. And you pursue them vainly in the dream because you want their power as your own. 
Thank you, Sandra. And just write another new reader for 49 and 50. Anybody for 49 and 50? Alrighty, well, Moyne, back to you. Excuse me. Okay, I'm going to go back a little bit in 48. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it. For otherwise, the future will be like the past, and but a series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one and you see death and disappointment everywhere. To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have, and thus do you decide what it is for. You try to see in it a place of idols found outside yourself with power to make complete what is within by splitting what you are between the two. You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. Your idols do what you would have them do and have the power you ascribe to them. And you pursue them vainly in the dream because you want their power as your own. Yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for. And speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God. And where he is, no idols can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality. But you have made of your reality an idol which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 50. Yet, where are dreams but in a mind asleep? And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers. Learn what time is for. And speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy mind, minds are altars unto God. And where he is, no idols can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality, 
but you have made of your reality an idol, which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. 51. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death, and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing lost. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you, and do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair, the idols of yourself. Seek not outside your father for your hope, for your hope of happiness is not despair. Thank you, Fran and uh, Jennifer. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing lost. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you and do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your father for your hope. For hope of happiness is not despair. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, everyone who read this morning. Um, this section, this section is so powerful. Um, let's see, we have 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Would we like to read this uh, once again through... Uh, seamlessly paragraph by paragraph or um, oh I would love it love it yeah okay I would too me too me too me too okay so after Karen read uh, first we had Judy who volunteered right and then uh, no it was okay, Patricia, Patricia. yeah Patricia then Judy then Sandra all right so in reverse pass. order then okay pass Judy Okay, so Patricia, Sandra, one, two, four, five, six, seven. I think we can do it, you guys. Starting at the beginning with paragraph uh, 43 would be Sandra, if you would. Did you say you wanted me to read paragraph 43? Yeah, we'll go in reverse order so that everybody hopefully gets a different paragraph than the one they read before. Uh, oh, okay. So if you could gotcha. start. Yeah. Yes. Okay, chapter, thank you. Chapter 29, Part 8, The Lingering Illusion, 43. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail, and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace except there. Each idol that you worship when God calls will never answer in his place. There is no other answer 
you can substitute and find the happiness his answer brings. Seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Be you glad that you are told where happiness abides and seek no longer elsewhere. You will fail, but it is given you to know the truth and not to seek for it outside yourself. Thank you, Sandra. Patricia. Excuse me, hon. 44. Yes, my dear. No one who comes here but must still have hope. Some lingering illusion or some dream that there is something outside of himself that will bring happiness and peace to him. If everything is in him, this cannot be so. And therefore, by his coming, he denies the truth about himself and seeks for something more, more than everything, as if a part of it were separated off and found where all the rest of it is not. This is the purpose he bestows upon the body, the body that it seek for what he lacks and give him what would make himself complete. And thus he wanders aimlessly about in search of something that he cannot find, believing that he is what he is not. Thank you, Patricia and Karen. Did you want Judy? Judy was going to pass this time, she said. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear that. 45. The lingering illusion will impel him to seek out a thousand idols and to seek beyond them for a thousand more. And each will fail him, all excepting one. For he will die and does not understand the idol that he seeks is but his death. Its form appears to be outside himself, yet does he seek to kill God's son within and prove that he is victor over him. This is the, ver- this is the purpose every idol has, for this the role that is assigned to it, and this the role that cannot be fulfilled. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie. Forty-six, 
Whenever you attempt to reach a goal in which the body's betterment is cast as major beneficiary, you try to bring about your death, for you believe that you can suffer lack, and lack is death. To sacrifice is to give up, and thus to be without, and to have suffered loss. And by this giving up is life renounced. Seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within, and fear to look upon your devastation, and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jennifer. Idols must fall because they have no life. And what is lifeless is a sign of death. You came to die, and what would you expect? Expect but to perceive the signs of death you seek. No sadness and no suffering proclaims a message other than an idol found that represents a parody of life which in its lifelessness is really death, conceived as real and given living form. Yet each must fail and crumble and decay because a form of death cannot be life. (laughs) And what is sacrifice cannot be whole. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm Fran. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idol takes his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it. For otherwise, the future will be like the past, and by the series of depressing dreams in which all idols fail you one by one, and you see death and disappointment everywhere. Thank you, Fran. I'm going to pop in here and read 48, just so when you can have a different paragraph. Um, 48. To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but decide you do not know the purpose of the world. You give it goals it does not have, and thus do you decide what it is for. You try to see in it a place of idols found outside yourself with power to make complete what is within by splitting what you are between the two. You choose your dreams, for they are what you wish, perceived as if it had been given you. Your idols do what you would have them do, and have the power you ascribe to them, and you pursue them vainly in the dream, because you want the power as your own. Uh, would it 50 be a new one for you, Lemoyne? They're all good. <laughs> <laughs> Yet where are dreams but in a mind asleep? 
And can a dream succeed in making real the pictures it projects outside itself? Save time, my brothers, and learn what time is for, and speed the end of idols in a world made sad and sick by seeing idols there. Your holy minds are altars unto God, and where he is, no idol can abide. The fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. It is not the fear of loss of your reality, but you have made of your reality an idol, which you must protect against the light of truth. And all the world becomes the means by which this idol can be saved. Salvation thus appears to threaten life and offer death. Thank you, Lemoyne. And any volunteer to read paragraph 51? I'll read it. Oh, go ahead. You want to read it? Go ahead, Karen. Okay. It is not so. Salvation seeks to prove there is no death and only life exists. The sacrifice of death is nothing lost. An idol cannot take the place of God. Let him remind you of his love for you. And do not seek to drown his voice in chants of deep despair to idols of yourself. Seek not outside your father for your hope, for hope of happiness is not despair. Sorry, I was. I thought I was off mute. Thank you, everyone who read this morning, and uh, everyone who listened and joined this morning. And we get to um, put a punctuation mark on all of this with our lesson today, 310, the last of the lessons in the section. What is the second coming? And so, friend, once again we turn to you, and we sure do thank you for leading our reflection. Uh, it's time with the hour every every day. Take it away. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for letting us read that again. That was great. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. This is our last day on what is the second coming. And lesson today, our lesson is lesson 310. In fearlessness and love, I spend the day, today. So I shall read some from what is the second coming and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. What is the second coming? Christ's second coming, which is sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. It is a part of the condition which restores the never loss and reestablishes what is forever and forever true. It is the invitation to God's word to take illusion's place, the willingness to let forgiveness rest upon all things without exception and without reserve. Pray that this second coming will be soon, but do not rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet 
It needs your voice. And most of all, it needs your willingness. Let us rejoice that we can do God's will and join together in its holy light. Behold, the Son of God is one in us, and we can reach our Father's love through him. We'll go over to the lesson. <clears throat> lesson 310. In fearlessness and love I spend today. This day, my Father, what I spend with you, as you have chosen all my days should be, And what I will experience is not of time at all. The joy that comes to me is not of days nor hours, for it comes from heaven to your Son. This that will be your sweet reminder to remember you, your gracious calling to your Holy Son, the sign your grace has come to me, and that it is your will that I be free today. We spend this day together, you and I, And all the world joins with us in our song of thankfulness and joy to him who gave salvation to us and who set us free. We are restored to peace and holiness. There is no room in us for fear today. For we have welcomed love into our hearts. Lesson 310. In fearlessness and love I spend today. Five minutes.
Lesson 310. In fearlessness and love, I spend today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, guys. Brian, did you want to share anything about this lesson or uh, these 10 days of, what is the second coming well, or just anything? I'll tell you what came to me in this lesson when I was reading it uh, early this morning. When he says, in fearlessness and love I spend today. And I thought, <clears throat> how do I spend the day in fearlessness? I'm always afraid of something, something that may happen, physically, uh, life-wise, whatever. And I kept asking for help. And I heard, come to me. So I realized that today, as the day goes by, when I feel a fear, I'm going to God and asking for help. So that's what came to me. I'm complete. Oh, boy. That's just sweet. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, friend. It was beautiful. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, friend. Uh, Patricia here, because of that come to me, I know that... uh, I get these <clears throat> signals. Share this one. You, you girls are together now. And so here, here's what it uh, happened, honey. That come to me, come to me was singing the whole time you were reading. And so it got my fingers shaking to where I had to just write. And it says, um, in fearlessness and love, I am with you today come to me come to me heaven comes now eternal vision here to know what is fearless to see the shadow welcomed we turn the light up we turn the light down it's time to turn around Come to me. I am with you today. To know what is fearless, you see the shadow welcomed. To embrace all that light reveals. To know what is fearless, we turn the light up and we turn the light down. I am with you to embrace all that the light 
Jesus. Thank you. Mm, here to embrace. Thank you, Patricia. That was beautiful. Yes, it was. Thank you, Patricia. Very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming, welcoming the shadow. Thank you. Good morning, Karen. Um, I was thinking, speak not outside yourself. Meditated on that this really early this morning for a while, and um, I don't have my book now, but. I know it was paragraph 48, which was just mind-blowing to me, and I really wanted to read it, but um, it didn't land on my turn. It, anyway, the point was, um, when I speak outside myself, I don't believe I'm complete. If I want love from the world, I don't, I don't know that I am love. I don't know that love, that God's love is here. I'm denying God's love. I'm denying the truth. And if I'm uh, identified with my physical body, then I'm in this uh, illusion of about death. To be identified with the body is to seek death because it's always going to have a finite resolution. That's the point. Um, not to seek outside myself, to go within to find everything I need, to find my answers. I used to be someone, I mean, I had a a breakdown, a psychotic breakdown after years of spiritual practice and doing sadhana. After about seven, maybe ten, eight, nine years, I, um, all the trauma from my childhood came up because I was doing body work and studying body work and sure you're on the table and somebody's touching you who's a stranger and the next thing, you know, it all comes back. And I ran to every healer and every psychic for so many years and never found the answers out there. And, you know, in the name of spirituality, I was seeking, seeking, seeking outside myself and telling everyone the story, (laughs) you know. It's such a great gift to just say, okay, don't have to seek outside myself because I am complete. I am complete. I have to just believe that my home exists inside me and God never, ever left me. And there's so much more that can be said for that. But if anyone has a book and feels like reading 48, I mean, I just felt like that was the most powerful thing. But thank you very much for listening. I'm complete. <laughs> thank you, Karen. Uh, I'd love to read that paragraph. It was the one that spoke to me the most, too. Okay. All idols of this world were made to keep the truth within from being known to you and to maintain allegiance to the dream that you must find what is outside yourself to be complete and happy. It is vain to worship idols in the hope of peace. God dwells within, and your completion lies in him. No idol takes his place. Look not to idols. Do not seek outside yourself. 
Let us forget the purpose of the world the past has given it. For otherwise, the future will be like the past and but a series of depressing dreams in which all eyes will fail you one by one and you see death and disappointment everywhere. But I can't stop without the next two sentences. To change all this and open up a road of hope and of release in what appeared to be an endless circle of despair, you need but to decide you do not know the purpose of the world. So thank you very much for highlighting that paragraph. Thank you so much for reading it. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's what I wanted to say. I'm complete. I wrote in the margin of my um, of my notes on that paragraph uh, that we're all wearing Dorothy's shoes. You know, um, <laughs> it's such a perfect mo- movie about this whole ego body dream. But anyway, thanks. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to. This is Sandra. Oh, sorry. Anybody else want to acknowledge? Okay. Um, I, I this I loved your focus, Karen, on seek not outside yourself because that to me, you know, this whole thing is such good news for me because I always sought outside myself, just like you, because <laughs> I didn't have a I didn't have an image of what I was. I I, I don't know what you know. I it was. Whatever image it was, it was not one with, of confidence that I was a cherished daughter of God and that I was complete and whole and healed and healthy and, you know, all the things that, and that I'm not a body, all of that. And so I sought outside myself, just like you and probably everybody else here, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was so disappointed because nobody could give me what I needed except me. And <clears throat> and learning that, you know, learning number one, to see myself and define myself the way God sees me, not the way the world saw me, you know, that was in that in itself. Okay, so so now I'm going into the unknown and that's what they're referring to, I think of this fear of God because I had to trust something that was invisible that was telling me I was complete and whole and healed and wonderful and terrific and that I could create, that I was not only the created, but that I was the creator as well because I was made in the image and likeness and I had qualities of my creator, which meant that I could create. And so I did. (laughs) And it was scary because every time I took risks to create what I wanted for myself instead of thinking somebody was going to do it for me, it was scary. It was really scary. But that's where I came to know my relationship with God, was to take those risks and to trust and rely on God and to fall on my face. And, and have and then to have the outcome turn out better than anything I could have ever thought of. <laughs> it was just like, holy smokes. So th- so to, to not seek outside myself at this point is 
such a gift, and I and I've been challenged because, you know, people that I love don't really want me in their lives, and and I've had to let go of you know that whole special relationship thing and just absolutely trust in my relationship with Holy Spirit and with my Creator that this is all exactly as it should be, and I don't have to. I don't have to do anything except send love and light to those that I love and trust that 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 Holy Spirit's got this. God's got this. This one it's another situation where I'm in the unknown. I don't I, and to be able to be in the unknown without fear because I do have this relationship with God, with my Holy Spirit, with myself. My Holy Spirit is my higher mind, and I have a great relationship with my Holy Spirit at this point, and it's such a gift. And the more the world throws at me or my family or anything else, it just, I'm so grateful because it just strengthens my relationship with my Holy Spirit, which is my relationship with myself. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Sandra. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Beautiful. Thank, thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. This is Jennifer, and uh, I love this reading this morning. Um, I can remember as a young, very young adult, I had a friend. Um, that put my picture in a plaque and had <clears throat> a saying under underneath it, basically the lesson today, you know, don't seek outside of yourself. Um, who you really are is, is more than enough. Um, and I wanted to share um, my Course in Miracles lesson yesterday was um, I will not value, lesson 133, I will not value what is valueless and uh, so I was doing the lesson, and <clears throat> and I think it was probably towards the middle of the day, I really just started nailing it. Like, all right, let's really let this soak in and and really remember what this is, what what uh, Jesus is saying to me, and the crisis in me. And I want to read this part of the lesson. Um, said, um, all things are valuable or valueless, worthy or or not of being sought at all, entirely desirable or not worth the slightest effort to obtain. Choosing is easy just because of this. Complexity is nothing but a screen of smoke which hides the very simple fact the no decision decision can be difficult. What is the gain to you in learning this? It is far more than merely letting you make choices easily and without pain. Uh, I will value what is valueless, or excuse me, I will <laughs> no, I will not value what is valueless, and only what has value do I seek for only. That do I desire to find, and it just 
to bring it home into a feeling state back to myself, not just words I'm reading uh, of the mind. Um, it felt so free. I had this smile, and, I, and every time I repeated the lesson midday and, and going after, I would, I would shed a tear half the time because it, it woke up the truth in me. Okay, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, that was just great. Oh, John, thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing that. Just love it when people read right from the text or the lesson, you know. Thank you for sharing that. It's beautiful. Hi, guys. It's Jude. Thank you for all your lovely shares and for reading. I just love this lesson today. Um, you know, the coming of Christ, um, Christ consciousness being the means. The means are given. The means in the end are the same. Um, restoring me to the awareness of love's presence. Perfect love is within me. You know, it just all rolls into one big beautiful thing. And that it is of um, wholeheartedness mind and heart together. I, um, Judy, for a long time was very intellectual about the courts and, and denying the, the body and um, sticking with the mind and the spirit. But the, um, having to bring it home, um, home, capital home, home at heaven, heaven at home, being at home in heaven, really um, reconciles everything into the truth. The physical experience of being in the world, um, recognizing the shadow, the way um, someone so beautifully spoke of, um, that none of it is excluded, but that we are transcendent and above it, um, that we're in the world, but we're not of it and that our peace and our joy and our happiness lies in the realizing that truth about ourselves, that I can have this experience changeless, something that's changeless in me, that never leaves me, is always capital present, capital present in everything. When I open my heart and open my mind, and get out of thinking about it. I used to think about it a lot. <laughs> I still do, but it's letting go of the thinking about it and just being one with it. I love in the end of the, the lesson today how it speaks of grace. It's such a beautiful word for me. And, Lori, I loved your referral to um, wearing Dorothy's shoes and clicking them and going home. Just clicking, close my eyes and clicking my heels and saying, I'm home. I'm already home. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything. I'm a nobody thinking about nothing, doing nothing, and going nowhere. And I'm home. And I'm in that state of grace, that state of grace that releases me from the bondage of thinking I'm a body. 
in the world. And the world and, and the body disappear. And how that grace releases me from the fear. And I love, when I read the lesson this morning, I thought of that lesson, grace is mine and I claim it, and how it's a state of unicity that is beyond the body and the mind. And it's, a, it's something that we aspire to beyond the body and the mind. It's a goal of putting God as our goal, putting God on the altar of my mind and giving his aware, my awareness of his, him and his holiness and my holiness together as one becomes my priority. And this is how the, um, you know, the, the world becomes, my body becomes an image, a symbol, and I can see clearly what the Course has been trying to tell me about images and symbols. The body being in a separation. I still love my body. I care for it. And I still do. I'm 68. I'm looking at it with age, but it's thinking how well it took me where I needed to go in order to. Hey, Judy. Judy. Judy, honey. Sweetie. Are you walking a little bit away from your. Because you're coming in really verbally. Like, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to the house. I'm to be general. Oh, like no. call? Nevertheless, Jude. <laughs> like I'm you're complete. 22. <laughs> what, hey? Like you were 22. Hi. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll hang up and, and call in. Oh, you're good now. I don't know what Can it I... was. Go ahead. Am I fine? Okay. Yes. I just wanted to say I'm trying to put this all together. I went to Reno, visited my sister, and visited with my daughter, and visited with Dennis, who you guys have prayed for. And he is really a skeleton now. And and it's so hard for him to breathe. Uh, He's just... uh, um, panting, just panting, panting and panting. He can't get enough oxygen. And uh, he said that he wanted to heal and come to, out to the coast and breathe the ocean air. And I every day send him pictures of the ocean. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. He's he's just really struggling. Yeah. So anyway, but thank you, Robert. I'm Marie. very thankful that I got to see him, and I took him to get his meds, and took him to get some money out of the bank. And it was funny; he wanted to get a Whopper, so we went and we he got a hamburger, and then his friend Tim, who I'd never met. 
came right as I was leaving. So I got to meet Tim, which was really nice. And uh, Tim had bought him a hamburger, too. So he ate two hamburgers that day. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, I'm just thankful that I know him. And, and I'm hoping that I can continue to be the right kind of support for him, um, you know, spiritually that he needs. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sitting with him. Thank you for thank you for loving him and letting him know that you love him. That's very beautiful. Thanks, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie, for sharing that with us too. All of us will hold him in the light with you. Thank you. I have a short one here, Patricia, from words that just can't stop singing. It started with a beautiful voice that said, they do not want me in their lives. And then his heart burst open like a fountain through our spine. It was like a fountain and then calmed into an artesian well, a well that needs no pumping up of the water. It flows through the human and writes words like this that she doesn't know anything other than to be it. Here's what it said. Solitude brings you home, honey. Solitude brings you home. I fill your cup here, my dear. What overflows from home breathes the soul to love. You are my well of freedom with every step. With every breath, you are my well of freedom. Silence shines behind every story. Solitude brings you home. I fill your cup to see and be the glory of every story. The glory shines behind every story. Oh, yes. Solitude brings you home. I fill your cup here. Breathe. Love. The glory of every story. Silence. is your well of freedom here. Thank you.
Thank you, Patricia. Gorgeous. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. What a beautiful, beautiful section. And you know, (laughs) sometimes spirit directs me to do things that, um, well, I just do. I've learned not to question it anymore. And it's a wonderful thing to uh, just follow direction and see how splendidly it turns out. And a good example is... um, I was directed to start today at paragraph 41. I don't know why, and I didn't question it. But now I see why it was just perfect, because in paragraph 41, I'll just read it for anyone who isn't sitting in front of the book. It says, you were not born to die. You cannot change because your function, I'm highlighting the word function and purpose, because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and change that time might be preserved, excepting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone, and where it once held seeming sway is now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment nor its changelessness. There is no death because the living share the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension, that it be one forever and forever without end. Life's extension. The ego, body, illusion, is that mistaken identity I think I have and then I project all my mistaken understandings about that onto this world. There's a vast difference between projection and extension and their difference lies not in the movement that they are but in their source. You see? And that's why um, the ego body illusion, that thing that I mistook myself to be when I didn't understand my relationship to source, uh, becomes the whole topic of the dream, all dreams. And it's just like he says in paragraph 49, I've split my mind and I see a split world. My mind is split between the truth of me, that truth that I came here with, within me, and this ego body illusion. And because of the split in my mind, I see a split in this world. This world that the ego body illusion dreams. One year, I was doing this lesson. I I distinctly remember it now. I was doing this lesson in fearlessness and love I spent today. And I, I went to um I went to a family function and at the function I sat with a little girl and just this sweet little thing. And and she was about six 
maybe five, and she was um, she had characters, she had dolls. I forget what kind of dolls, it doesn't matter, but uh, she's narrating. She's narrating as she moves the doll in this play field, and now she goes here and she does this, and he does this, and, and she's telling a whole story by moving these two dolls as if they're puppets, you know? And I'm thinking, oh my God in heaven. <laughs> What a metaphor. Just like when all of a sudden everybody's voice was warbled, and I, I make apology for that because I think it was a disturbance in my Wi-Fi signal that caused that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but isn't that a perfect metaphor for when I, when I fall out of communication with my sweet, sweet source? My Wi-Fi connection is disturbed and I can't get clear on anything. You know? And that's that's the nature of the dream. I want to get back to why that is such a lingering illusion. Now the why of it isn't important. The escape from it is. The escape from that lingering illusion that I'm a body in the world. And I make that escape every minute, every hour, every second of every day. You know? When I'm caught up in the body illusion, um, I lose track of my inner clarity. When I'm caught up in truth, I'm caught up in the truth of everything, which is love. And so every moment, every day, I'm choosing whether to listen to truth, come to me, like Fran said, come to me, just come to me. Your grace has come to me. Or am I choosing to be the narrator of my life? <laughs> and I think that's the lingering illusion, you know? And so after this family function and I watched Sal play with the dolls and, and narrate their life, I thought, you know what? This this is a really big clue for my escape. And so for a while I practiced it like that. Um, I'm, I'm serious. I did this in order to unify my mind. I said, and now Lori uh, thinks she's getting out of bed. And Lori pulls the covers back. And Lori walks to the bathroom. And Lori weighs herself. Oh, and now Lori takes off her pajamas. And Lori puts on her clothes. And now Lori goes to make the coffee. And I started narrating my life as if I were the character. And I thought, oh my God, everything, everything that I'm attached to doing, you know, he says the body is a doing, you know, can't escape the doing. Um, everything I think I'm attached to in the doing is part of the dream. How do I realize, how do I realize that um, all of that has nothing to do with me? I realize it just like he says in paragraph 41. Life's extension, the purpose of all my being here is life's extension. Let it be one forever. So every minute, every day, every hour, either telling a story with my body or I'm letting love move through me where it makes the coffee so she can share it. You know, I can change that. Change that one thing 
and everything changes accordingly. I'm either going to be extending truth or projecting error. That's the choice. And from one comes hell, and from the other comes heaven. So this looking within thing, all I want to say about that is thank God for the Course in Miracles and thank God for every single lesson that we have. Because every lesson in the book is a lesson in experience. The lingering illusion uh, that I'm a body needs to be uh, released <coughs> so that I can learn to let heaven project through me, let truth project through me, let love be um, my calling card uh, in life. And by that means, by sharing that purpose, by sharing that purpose, uh, I learned to flip the whole affair from one of projecting error uh, to extending truth. Thank God for these lessons. You know, every other thing that we turn to, um, everything we turn to, if, if it's a book, if it's this text, if it's something on the YouTube, if it's something in the email, if it's something that... Uh, I have a friend who loves near-death experiences. Every one of those things is a little bit like um, is a little bit like an invitation. And when I realize that I can't learn to swim by reading a book, you can't learn to swim by reading a book. You can't learn to swim on the YouTube. Um, but by following the direction of every one of these lessons, I will have that experience of my holy mind being an altar to God. And from that place of truth, realize that uh, I am truth. I am reality. Light and peace and joy abide in me. You know, we're hosts to God, not hostage to the ego. And were it not for every one of these lessons and and the realization that life, as it passes through me, is an opportunity to learn something. And all I have to do is choose what it is I want to learn. I want the truth. That's all. And with that one simple choice, it's given me. Your grace has given me. Your grace has come to me. And this moment and every other moment of my day today will be a reminder, a sweet reminder, that your grace has come to me. And from that place, uh, I can extend truth I can project truth. I'm not doing anything. Love's doing everything. Um, so anyway, uh, that's about what I wanted to say. I'm grateful I started at paragraph 41, just like I was told to, because the whole affair is 
finding the difference between projecting truth and, ex- and or extending truth or projecting error. And from only one of these can truth come to me in the world. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. That was wonderful. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, Lori, for the breakdown. I, I really, really got so much from it. Thank you for your love. Well, I thank Holy Spirit. <laughs> None of us learned to swim on the internet, you know. Isn't this just a great experience where we all touch the mind and let the mind touch us? Gee whiz, it's just so great. Thank you all. Oh, this this whole um, this whole text is about unlearning. You know, I just have to unlearn. And so, don't you just love that paragraph? To change all this, decide you do not know the purpose of the world. Rain. Holy Spirit's so anxious to show us and tell us. And that walk of. Was it you, Sandra, who said uh, being comfortable with the unknown? Boy, that really grabbed me. Um, When I'm comfortable with the unknown, uh, grace comes, you know. Who hasn't had an opportunity to share? Anyone? Is that you, Lemoyne? Well, I would just like to, this is Sandra, and I'll give a quick one. It's just to encourage people to go into the unknown. Feel that fear. (laughs) And then turn it over to your Holy Spirit and find out, and just to have the experience that it all turns out amazingly better than what you could even have thought. Because you won't know that until you try it. I'm complete. Yeah. Oh, honey, this is Patricia. Yeah, excuse me, but she just pulled me out so strong for a quick one about the unknown and what that and every part word, the silence between the words in them, we are this. And so it says to me, when expressing what is right, need not express what is wrong. 
the world of truth sings her song. Let this happen to us. Let us be elders of this course. When expressing what is right, need not express what is wrong. Let us be singing this song. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Patricia. And thank you, Sandra. And this, this is Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead with your I, acknowledgement. I was just saying to Patricia that she's such an amazing wordsmith. Thank you. This was. I'm gonna come back to this, but the <laughs> I did a search on the word "you" on the page. You know, a little control F search on the word "you," trying to think. Oh well, this will tell me what he tells you should do this, right? And it's like there are I didn't get the count of uh, 62 matches. <laughs> paragraphs just full of it and so I got the clear impression he's talking to somebody here and uh, uh, remembering the another word another name for the son of God is you yeah he's talking to everybody I think really here in this world Um, but I think you know for me this is this is where it, it cracked, something cracked open or there's a real shift starts to happen. And, I mean, it, may have, it started above, but uh, in 50, he says, your holy minds are altars unto God and where he is, no idol can abide, which kind of explains why they all fall. Um, the fear of God is but the fear of loss of idols. And that is, that, that for me, that explains, you know, that, that makes it very clear how you make up fear. You know, it's, all, it's, it's almost always some kind of, it can be, described as some kind of fear of loss. And this thing of having it be a fear of loss of nothing kind of like explains it and disappears it all at once, right? Now, it's not the fear of loss of your reality. So but to return to this, your holy minds are altars unto God. Um, there's a, at the end of 46, the last sentence, the search seek not outside yourself the search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are and you know he and the text is pretty clear that that devastation 
as devastation is um, is made up, right? That we are whole within, and that devastation is not real. So the devastation is where there's some kind of loss, like, you know, maybe I started out just fine, but the world kicked me around and I've lost the lost my mind and marbles and you know marbles have spilled and now I'm in a state of devastation but there's, there's that word is just it, I just hung up on the word devastation and I don't think hung up on it but start pulling it apart there's another way to read that word I think is you fear to look upon your devastation right you are vast we are vast in joining with in the one being, but we're afraid to look upon it, and that holds it in place. Look upon the loss. In our fear of loss, we're afraid to look upon the loss of that, where we might see it cannot be as being, that we are separate from the one being. And then there's, so that's another way to look at what we're fearing. We're fearing to look on our wholeness, or how we lost our wholeness, our devastation. And then there's a third way to look at it. You know, the search outside implies we're not whole within, and we fear to look upon our devastation, the altar the thought that by which we were born, the altar to God, the connection to the whole that we must have as individual beings, but yet still being, that there is this connection, which, uh, yeah, anyway, Patricia described it so well as an artesian well, I guess I need practice giving and receiving as one. Because for me, it's kind of like a. I think I think when I return to it, it's a it's like a bucket, <laughs> big enough, you know, or a fountain that's just ready to overflow, and uh, whatever I take from there and give is rebuilt instantly and this is the giving and receiving as one which is which is life I think and yeah so I just said I just had that word came apart and went back together three different ways for me and and uh, I think all those meanings are aligned with the text and you know, however it lands, <laughs> let it in. And it, I agree that we should welcome the un Rather than a world based on fear full of idols that are clearly pushed into place as some kind of dream of what we might want, rather than that, it's better to look for the unknown and say, 
All that stuff is just a sign we don't know, so we're making things up. And uh, it's best to go back to I don't know. And uh, <laughs> see through the devastation or devastation and just divide where life is at the altar within and I'm complete yeah it was beautiful Lemoyne <laughs> just beautiful I'm going to end this recording this morning um, but not the call of course but we've led each other um, to this beautiful place in chapter 11 where he says every child of God is one in Christ for his being is in Christ, as Christ is in God. Christ's love for you is the love for his Father, which he knows because he knows his Father's love for him. When the Holy Spirit has at last led you to Christ at the altar to his Father, perception fuses into knowledge because perception has become so holy that its transfer to holiness is merely its natural extension. Love transfers to love without any interference, for the situations are identical. What is one cannot be perceived as separate, and the denial of the separation is the reinstatement of knowledge. Here's the promise of today in today's lesson. At the altar of God, the holy perception of God's Son becomes so enlightened that light streams into it. And the Spirit of God's Son shines in the mind of the Father and becomes one with it. Very gently does God shine upon himself, loving the extension of himself, which is his Son. This world has no purpose as it blends into the purpose of God, for the real world has slipped quietly into heaven, where everything eternal in it has always been. There, the Redeemer and the Redeemed join in perfect love of God and of each other. Heaven is your home, and being in God, it must also be in you. The promise of today in fearlessness and love. Amen, and thank you, everyone, uh, for another beautiful day, another beautiful opening of the day, another beautiful uh, promise of the day. And uh, and we'll practice this lesson, knowing that we all send ripples through the one mind as we do so. <laughs>